0: Uh, yo, yo, welcome back to another episode of Narrative Violation. Uh, so today is a little bit different because uh, Aswand is not here with me. And instead I have Hasan Rahman. Uh, Hasan, how are you doing? I'm doing good. All right. Nice. Uh, so uh, just a quick introduction. Aswand, uh is... Uh, uh m- me and Hassan go a long way back. I actually know Hassan uh, from school we went to the university together uh, and then our paths like sort of started diverging. Uh, he went into electrical engineering uh, has interest in physics uh, did his uh, you know uh, PhD in quantum physics and uh, whereas I went more towards like the computer science route uh, and I think uh, right now he's in Pakistan and I'm in the U.S. So we're like thousands of miles apart, but, uh, yeah, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks. So, uh, yeah, how are things in Pakistan? I, I guess we can start off with that.
1: Uh, things in Pakistan, it's, uh, difficult to describe, I guess, but, uh, things are... Not so good, I would say.
0: Yeah, so uh, apparently it seems like the coronavirus situation in Pakistan is starting to peak, and
1: uh, it, I think, yeah, definitely it's probably still not showing. The, the peak is really not showing right now because, yeah, because we don't have the facilities to test, and I, I think the numbers that we have right now they are they are very. Uh, they're definitely not the not the real numbers and uh, the actual numbers would be miles apart I, I think so
0: yeah i mean it's it's one of those things that you really have there's so much uncertainty because you don't know about the you know the the testing you you don't know if like how much data is reliable and all of that stuff so yeah I'm glad things are getting to get uh, getting a bit back to normal in the U.S., but uh, I think Pakistan is, is str- still struggling a little bit. But how is the lockdown, by the way? I'm curious to hear
1: about that. So uh, the lockdown actually started decreasing. They they uh, somehow the although Pakistan in Pakistan you don't have religion in much of state laws exactly yeah. but uh, in in the public's in in public lives uh, the religion plays a, a kind of a big role so uh, that's why they started uh, to ease the lockdown in for example mosques and stuff and that uh, gave a huge surge to uh, the to the virus cases and recently uh, they've also uh, eased the lockdown for small and medium-sized businesses and mm-hmm. I think Uh, near Eid when people get out on the streets uh, a lot and I think that is going to be a very very drastic uh, public policy decision from the government but let's see what happens
0: yeah that's interesting so you're saying people are getting out
1: people will definitely get out from tomorrow so it's uh, changing. the the ruling is changing from tomorrow let's see what happens Um, uh, tomorrow that's uh, Monday uh, 11th of May exactly
0: Okay, so Monday, 11th of May. That's the date to watch out for. <laughs> yeah. So. Nice. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, good luck with that, I guess. I mean, I'm crossing my fingers. I mean, I I, I really... I am really putting my faith in the fact that, you know, maybe if we uh if you're be if you're like if if individuals are collectively aware of the dangers of coronavirus and like or just are careful themselves that's still better because it gives them the ability to do things on their own and you know at least they don't suffer because of the yeah. fact that they're not getting it you know like people need food to serve on the table and they need to work for that so it's something, these are the sort of precautions that you can take in countries where you have a lot of surplus of resources, but in a country like Pakistan, where there's not a lot of resources, I think you need to take a, a slightly different approach. And honestly, I don't know if that's, this is the, the right thing to do, but I'm hoping that it turns out, to be. we can only hope, right? You have yeah. different views on this maybe you really have different views
1: but but i think that the the, the thing that you mentioned about uh, that we can collaborate the maybe solve this problem but, but what i see in pakistan is that uh, people are completely isolated they they have very selfish interests so uh, what i see on the road and or, or in 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 shops and places is that people don't really give like uh, they, they don't care about others they they and not even about themselves i guess so, there is no collective behavior here and in Pakistan, not just now, since, I guess, forever. Uh, yeah. Because, uh, I don't know why, but there is a lack of a focal point uh, as a goal or something like that in Pakistan for the people. That's a very interesting they're kind, of, they're kind of like uh, uh, diver- divergent or what do you call it? Yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah, I think I understand your point. You're saying that they're not converging towards like a certain uh, common theme or like a, there's no yeah. like uniting, uniting force.
1: There, there, yeah, there is no uniting force here, and so people, yeah, it, it's really bad for a situation like this when you really need to be together. Yeah, to I care agree. about each other.
0: Be together, but also be isolated. <laughs> That's
1: yeah. a big dilemma be together in uh, in purpose
0: yeah yeah no I completely agreed completely agreed Uh, Mm -hmm. so so, uh, some of the topics that I've talked about in the past in this uh, podcast so I call it narrative violation I call it narrative violation Mm -hmm. because I see coronavirus as a narrative violation why because you have a narrative that is you know USA is like such a dominant country or like you know like Uh, We're going to boom. There's the stock market boom that's happening. And if you don't participate, then you're out of the game. Um, At the same time, uh, there are uh, narratives around uh, startups that artificial intelligence is going to take over. Um, There's going to be, you know, blah, 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 blah. Tons of different things. And so narrative violation is when Everything gets violated. All these rules get get broken, and suddenly you're like in a situation where you've never been before. You don't know what to do, and uh, it's kind of it kind of fits well with like the current coronavirus situation. And so that's the reason why I call it narrative violation. And so I
1: guess up- uh, it joins quite nicely with uh, the topic of startups because. Uh, when you're starting something or you, when you're basically it also links nicely to innovation uh, as well so in innovation or in startups for example you have uh you basically have something like this right that you have an unprecedented situation and something and you need to have uh, something new uh, a new kind of solution uh, to a new kind of a problem
0: exactly and trends. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. as well. Good point. That's exactly true. So, um, you know, the topics that we have talked about in the past is about are things like uh, you know how tr- startups traditionally work, and also things like uh, the some of the trends that we are seeing around the world right now. Uh, I guess I I have a question, and I'm just gonna ask you uh, to get to you know ju- to Form like a good framework to base this converse, like the future dialogue off of that. Uh, and that question is um, first of all, tell me what sector of innovation do you think is like, or, or like, what is the thing that's going to happen out of this coronavirus situation? And what, what trend are you like? are you most optimistic about or like things that you're watching out for?
1: I'm not so sure uh, if, uh, if there's enough data still uh, till now from the coronavirus uh, situation that we can, that I can at least uh, make a sound enough prediction of what trends to look out for. But maybe I could have a very uh, kind of a loose guess. Uh, and one of them is, of course, that uh, you have, since you cannot meet people in public, and maybe if this thing goes on for, let's let's assume that it goes on for, for a couple of years, or, or if something else like this appears a couple of years from now on, uh, then uh, what we're looking at is that, of course, since people can't meet each other in person and can't do things physically, so you're looking at some services which allow you to interact or or some services which allow you to do the things that you would have done in person. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So are we talking about, like, so, remote tools, like, you know, communication? Course, yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely, like... Um, working from home or uh, or uh, delivery systems or more, more e-commerce platforms which provide uh, services. And uh, on the other hand, you would definitely have some, some protection like these uh, against uh, uh, these kind of airborne viruses. So let's yeah. say you, you have uh, more development on the front of uh, air purification and uh, other kind of-
0: uh, Okay, question. Uh, yeah. Sorry to get you off, but uh, uh, you can. Uh, it, this just came to me, but that's on the consumer level, right? That's the individual yeah. that's affected and how he's going to cope with the virus and how he's going to cope with the future. What about like on a collective level? Uh, just to give you an example, Uh US just declared that they're going to pull out their forces out of Saudi Arabia. And, you know, that's something that. Um, is has been like has been a big bone of contention for like a long time, right? And uh, so we so right now I see it as two school of thoughts. Like one of them says that politically nothing's gonna change. You know that like tomorrow there's there there will be elections. You know Trump is gonna get elected, or like whoever comes, the cycle is gonna repeat just like the way it always does. And the on the other camp you have folks that think that. Well, collectively you know and that actually includes me as well so i can take the other side if you believe in the in the other side and that's well actually that's not true because there's a massive change that's going on massive exchange of power that's happening uh there's a recession there's economic effects of of all of this uh you know coronavirus virus fallout um and so we're changing we're changing we're changing our political structures and we're changing our society a little bit um you know like we're there's a bit of fine tuning happening here and so um where where do you stand on that and I'm, I'm i'm particularly interested in your perspectives because you're right now in pakistan and you know i, I can talk to like someone in the us and he's going to say something but you know when you're in pakistan you're seeing things from a very different perspective like you understand what they how things are in, you know, like how people in Pakistan view things and you can tell me a little bit about like whether they're embracing any change or like, okay, just generally, what do you think about this?
1: So what I think is that, uh, I think it takes uh, quite a lot of time for people, uh, time and push, the time and force uh, for people to change. And I think uh, this, Force by the coronavirus is still not so large, so at this mm-hmm. point people are affected, but they're not that affected that they would need to think that we would we need to change our lifestyle or we need to uh, set some collective goals and solve them. They're just uh, I think right now they're just just taking it relatively lightly, and there's although they're freaked out, they're not productive yet because I think the the force is not the, the uh, whatever the influence of uh, the thing is not that great at this point, and it hasn't been there for but, that long. So, what what
0: uh, what bigger effect can you have on society that's going to drive a difference?
1: Thing is that, so, so one thing that I notice is that of course, so this is one of the truly global things that has happened to us uh, for for a very long time. So we don't see something. Actually, you've never seen something like this happen ever in the history of humans, I think. So Exactly. All of the pandemics, even in the, in the past, they have been kind of localized. So this shows you how connected we are, uh, like how, how the, the earth has kind of reduced to like a, like a very small community where, where mm-hmm. you all connected. And that really implies that if you're in, together in a, in a problematic situation, then you can really be together uh, to, to formulate a solution. But, mm-hmm. but I see that people but it, it's just weird to me when people uh think in terms of countries for example so that uh, you have italy and spain and pakistan and you, the us and everyone is uh although everyone is in the same situation they kind of uh, actually maybe we're beginning to see some global level interest in in kind of the uh in the solution But uh, I, I, at the same time, I see that people are still kind of uh, seeking, kind of uh, grouped out uh, solutions to this.
0: Yeah. Right. Exactly. I think I'm 100% with you on this. You you hit the nail on the hammer. I mean, hammer on the head, obviously. This is, this is a collective problem that's being. Uh, solved isolatedly like in separate separations um,
1: yeah in... and, and, and it's really it's that is uh, super weird and also that shows that uh, that really points uh, shed some light on the fact that we are together in uh, everyone uh, in the world is together in a lot of other problems as well on on a daily basis um, on on multiple levels we share a lot of the problems that we normally don't think of or maybe we and and the thing is that when we have these artificial some 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 artificial weird kind of constructs as uh, limitations uh, that uh, we put around ourselves for one reason or another uh, we kind of hinder our ability to uh, solve the problem because the problem yeah. it, it is on a more bigger level than uh, then we are trying to solve it all
0: so, so this is this is my point this is this is the this is the way that I think about this i mean the pandemic what it, what it has shown to us is that we you know we, the traditional the conventional ways of how we segment the society is not working anymore it 's not working because you have you, we are connected in ways that we were not connected before like you know that 's We can talk about that, but I think we both agree on this, and maybe someone doesn't, but uh, it's just true. Like travel, global, climate change, so many other issues, pandemic, and so there's like a unifying, there's like, uh, clearly the world is connected like never before, and now, um, you know, there's like this opposing party, like opposing school of thought that thinks that uh, globalization is actually on the decline, which is... You know, factually, statistically true. But um, it's just because people are starting to realize that there's a lot of problems with immigration in general, visas in general. There's a lot of systematic issues that happen. I understand the other side of the, the like the other argument that you presented, which is like, it's it doesn't, like all these issues, they don't like get solved immediately. It takes a little bit of time. So I want to get... Uh, um, I wanna get your quick thoughts on that, uh, like if you agree or disagree, and then we're gonna take a pause. Uh,
1: yeah, definitely I agree with, that, with the thought.
0: Okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, so let's take a quick pause here. We're at the halfway mark. We're a little past the halfway mark. And I guess when we come back, we can just continue our discussion and see, um, yeah, what you think of like how we're gonna get out of this. Okay, so we are back Um, and when we left off we were talking about the impact of coronavirus on society and how society needs to come together in order to deal with that. Um, So we're gonna pick that up uh, and um, I know that a lot of countries have implemented, you know, um, like China and uh, I know India as well have developed these apps that allow you to do contact tracing Google and Apple in the US are trying to build these applications that allow you to to do like location tracking and whatnot. Um, how optimistic about are you about these applications, and what have you seen in Pakistan? Have you seen any movement like that?
1: I think there are a couple of things going in that direction. There are kind of awareness apps and self-assessment apps, and I I'm not so sure if there's a tracking app. But maybe there is but but the point is that uh, it's really difficult to implement those things in pakistan because most of the people i don't think they can uh, they're they, they're aware of those uh, apps and i don't think they care <laughs> secondly and thirdly is that uh, it's kind of a, kind of a behavior thing right that you that you go into uh, yeah. when when you want to uh, keep track of this thing, like, personally if I start doing this thing uh, over time uh, then I would like to have something which is kind of easy and which is kind of developed over time which uh, something like that, I I don't think it it exists right now in Pakistan and also uh, I guess the major thing is that most of the people uh, although most people have uh, uh, kind of uh, your smartphones with touchscreens and everything but uh, I don't think they, they know how to use uh, apps like these so they're yeah, definitely right. not user- they're, uh, they're definitely not user-friendly enough for the general public and the general public is probably more than 90% uh, of the Pakistani population and there are very few people who can actually uh, work with these kind of apps and, uh, and make use of these and it doesn't matter if they can because the, the overwhelming majority it cannot uh, take advantage of uh, such online or, or um, technological um, solutions. Yeah, so I guess they have, no, they have I, to be reached out in person or somehow, or or I don't know. The, the infrastructure, the the the, inter, the the kind of the the public infrastructure, let's say, it's not tech, technology uh, favoring. In
0: Pakistan, right. something to it Yeah, no, I, I uh, you know, as you were thinking, as you were explaining this to me, I started thinking that you're completely right. I mean, the thing is that uh, Pakistan cannot actually have the same solutions that are being implemented in Pakistan, in uh, India, or I don't know what India is doing, but I know, for instance, that uh, you know, Denmark, USA, uh, some countries in Europe, I think, are also implementing these uh you know applications on uh, at the state state level applications so these are going to be issued by the state uh but i also i'm curious like how that goes like on a privacy level and that's something that we would just have to see as time goes by i think eventually these applications might uh, will make their way to pakistan but you're right like mainstream adoption because this this sort of thing requires mainstream adoption yeah that's not it's not gonna happen immediately so one uh, of the another thinking, yeah sorry. Go
1: ahead. Uh, one of the things that I was saying that uh, so uh, in Pakistan right now, they're, they're easing the lockdown because they say that the daily wager, for example, cannot earn enough money. And it really kind of is strange to me that uh, coming back to the point that we discussed before the break, I think that uh, even though people have uh, shed loads of money in their banks, and uh, even though uh, it's really easy to provide for even by the government I think it's quite easy to provide for the people who are daily wager because they're not earning that much on a regular basis anyway mm-hmm. so you don't need a lot of money uh, to, 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 to take care of them and and the fact that you are giving them some opportunity to earn money uh, uh, in return for uh, the risk that you're putting them in the uh, uh, of of contracting the virus, it's rather crazy. It shows that uh, so it's just one of the things that uh, I think it reflects the capitalistic mindset. Yeah, but
0: I uh, I mean, okay, so I agree with like that point of view in generally. Like, if you uh, there there are for sure, people that have that are low, you know loaded and for them that you know not being able to afford a ferrari or something at the expense of letting the other person die in hunger is like
1: no it's not even about let's say let's say it's not even about letting the other person die in hunger it's kind of also about uh, saving themselves because if uh, those people who are who have to get out to do to do something to to earn some money uh, they would probably propagate the uh, the problem to them as mm. well, so it's kind of yeah. you're paying for. I guess you would be paying for, for for your safety as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. Really quickly, how America yeah. dealt with this issue is that they printed shit ton of money, and the way the money is printed, it's basically like a loan. It's a loan uh, to the people um, or like whoever is in need, and then it's going to be paid back in a sense that. It's it's, uh, printing is going to be justified in the future uh, via some taxes or you know some other mechanisms that is going to justify the growth. Or in this case, it's not a growth, but it's actually you know a need that needs to be fulfilled. Um, Pakistan, I don't know if Pakistan's state can print money, but I know that they don't have the same mechanisms to inject such money. I mean, they already have like massive debt and i don't think how that's going to be justified if pakistan starts printing money and you know suddenly there's like a you know like a load of liquidity in the society it's obviously going to have like economic implications it's going to make probably make the situation a little bit more worse Uh, i'm not an economist uh, especially not an economist in pakistan so i'm not uh, a personal authority here but uh what i'm saying is that pakistan cannot employ the same uh, mechanisms that were employed in the us and uh I, for that reason it needs to think a little bit differently
1: i think uh, you're probably correct about this because so um, pakistan is already in, uh, a lot of trouble economically i guess because uh, of the devaluation of the rupee and uh, mm-hmm. the inflation is already sky high so any any anymore and we would be in deep trouble we actually yeah. are in Already quite a bit, normal, but uh, it's, it's really not an option for us to have any kind of economic experiments at this point, I guess.
0: For sure. Uh, I mean, it's not just an economic experiment, but it's also like we cannot inject. Uh... So another thing that I was thinking is that in US you have the dollar, which is also used as a fractional. Uh, not a fractional, but reserve currency for other nation states. So Pakistan holds some dollars in its bank account. So as you do inflation of dollar, you actually inflate the dollar. Uh, th- that, that also has an effect on the reserve uh, currency account. So you have that sort of like uh, cascading effect as well. Um, that's not also true for rupee. I mean, if you print rupee, there's no one else who's actually using the rupee so you end up just inflating your own currency but not actually cast like you know like not offsetting it uh through like trade or some other measures yeah um final question and this is just because i'm you know we're talking about money and you know that i'm a crypto person um and i believe in the future of crypto and that might sound crazy um why are we even talking about that? But just out of curiosity, um, what do you do? You see uh, crypto as a possible solution to the money issue, like it is the uniting could be like the uniting force because Bitcoin, for instance, is not issued by the, the any state. It's a it could also be the global currency. Do you see any future there? What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think. Uh, Firstly, uh, kind of, the mechanism of generation of whatever cryptocurrency you want to use should be based on on actual work done by people based on skills or something like this, rather than. Uh, I mean, uh, for example, Bitcoin you can mine and you can even have uh, just computer running some stupid code and uh, you can mine that thing. At least in the start you could, and uh, if you could get money like that, that is kind of weird. Uh, Bitcoin has its value now for a multitude of other reasons. There are probably uh, really good reasons, but originally how you could generate uh, Bitcoin, how, how you could obtain it, that is kind of not a... That is a kind of a play thing. It's not a real life thing to to do to generate money like that. If you have some way of, of keeping the money on a secure ledger, uh, that that is a good thing. That is, that is a good part. But you need to... Uh, I would say that you also need to generate the money from actual work somehow. Maybe there could be
0: some the people, right?
1: That people are doing this is that they can normally they earn something f- for doing something, right? So maybe you could have if, if there's a cab driver, for example, he drives from one place to another, and his GPS changes, and somehow using that you you generate some coins or something like something like that. So i i know there are similar kind of things uh, going on in the crypto society but i'm not exactly sure what they are but uh, the thing is that if it if you have if you can combine the nice things of uh, the online ledger system with the nice things of how to generate money and how mm. to allocate money in the system, then definitely the paper you can do all kinds of crazy stuff with paper money and, uh, uh much percussions. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think that's a that's a really interesting topic of debate or like discussion. Um, you know, I I think we can go down that rabbit hole, and you know, if you start digging deep into that, we might end up in like strange areas or domains, which you know, like like yeah, how does that to impact things and whatnot. Uh. Bitcoin I think uh, is still interesting I think I agree with what you say that it isn't exactly uh, doing serving the value serving any valuable value to the regular user um, they can't even use it so in that sense it's not a currency paper money the way paper we money we use today um, it's a, it's a tricky question if I, if I were To be a financial you know like a if i put my financial cap on as a financial expert cap on and like try to give you an answer based on my naive understanding i'd say that you know financial assets like gold or um uh land or you know like jewelry or what whatnot you have a lot of different class of assets bitcoin is a class of asset where you can park your money today you're not going to use it um, like as a currency, but you can park your money there today. And then in the future, we can start having discussions around how we can build innovation or like start using technology to use it for valuable purpose. Obviously, that's where the real challenge comes. And I think I agree with you that this is not—it's it, not useful until we have that discussion. Uh, but that's uh, any final thoughts or on that or. Any final thoughts on anything else uh, on the coronavirus fallout? Any anything that you'd like to, you know, make make sure your uh, your stance is clear and I you know you didn't, you know, like I comp- I I got your point of view on that, or anyone who's listening got your point of view on that. You want to clarify anything like that, or um,
1: yeah? I guess I tried kind of my best to clarify whatever I could. Cool.
0: I guess. Nice. So, any, if anyone has any objection about what Hassan just said, you know, uh, there are a couple of people that might be listening to this episode. I know. Uh, if they have any objections, go back and check what he said. He he will clarify that to you in person or whatever. But yeah, uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Cool. Awesome. See you next time. Bye.